0: it's around the house hey guys eric g here we've got a jam-packed show here four different interviews four different segments because this is the best of 2023 and i included something new for you here in this hour in the second segment yeah we're talking to ac slater what really yeah we're talking japanese toilets with mario lopez you've seen him on the Christmas tree lighting and uh, Rockefeller Center to uh, all the different celebrity shows out there, Access Hollywood and all those different things. So we've got a lot to show here. If you want to get a hold of us, give us a call at 833 239 4144. That's 833 239 4144. If you're not writing it down don't worry just head over to aroundthehouseonline.com and you can find it there i got the one and only mario lopez up let's do this when it comes to remodeling and renovating your home there is a lot to know but we've got you covered this is around the house mario lopez has gone from saved by the bell to a two-time emmy award winner and host of access hollywood and access daily and even has his own radio show on with mario lopez Welcome to around the
1: house. Thank you for
0: having me. Appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time today, man. I wanted to talk to you today about your 50th birthday and the party you gave for yourself in your bathroom remodel.
1: Ah, well, that wasn't much a that. Wasn't uh, so much a party, although it feels like a party, right? I mean, it was more of a gift to myself, you know, hitting the fifth level. Um, you can't hide it anymore because people Google you. So you can't lie about your age anymore, but I've never been one to like splurge. I don't go by. Expensive jewelry, or cars, or uh, clothes, for that matter. I don't go take like these crazy lavish vacations. I'm pretty conservative with with my stuff. and nice. Try to save for a rainy day kind of guy. But I figure, you know, fifty is a big one. Yeah. And I wanted to I wanted to treat myself to something. So um, I saw saw a South Park episode, true story. And uh, I've seen that one. Cart- you see that one where they where they get the, the, they get the, the the new the Japanese the, toilet? The, the, oh yeah, the Japanese toilet. I forget whose dad was it was it not Kenny's dad. Who was it? One of their dads. Yeah. They get a Japanese toilet, and I'm like, damn, does that really exist? And it was like he wanted to have parties and serve everyone Indian food and have people come blow it up at his house with this incredible toilet, and it got me so intrigued. I'm like, does that exist? So I went down a rabbit hole and started Googling, and I'm like, damn, they do exist. That's awesome, <laughs> and they're expensive, but they seem like a solid investment. Yeah. Because I, you know, you obviously spend time in there and, and, um, I didn't realize it can do so many cool things and the the South Park episode wasn't too far off. So I said to myself, you know what, I'm going to treat myself for my 50th birthday. Nice, man. Yeah. I was
0: was looking at the pictures and I tell you what, that Toto NeoRest NX2 is the Cadillac. That thing is amazing. I got to see it at the Big Builder show earlier in the year and that thing is stunning. It's a beautiful toilet.
1: It is. It's, it's, uh, I would even say it's the Lamborghini. Yeah. The Cadillac. It's the Lamborghini. It looks like an art piece. Yeah. And, um, it, it does everything for you. You need like a degree in engineering to be able to handle it, <laughs> or it would seem, but it's actually pretty easy. My friends are very impressed and jealous. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it's cool. I was gonna say, what has
0: been the response to your guests? Because I'm sure people coming over, you know, hitting the bathroom or whatever, they come out just like, what is that?
1: Well, they're scared to use it, to be honest, because it, it looks like it's complicated, but it's really not. And then they, they ask a lot of questions and I said, yeah, it's cool, man. And um, it, uh, it's definitely a conversation starter. Yeah, no kidding,
0: no kidding. So did you remodel the entire bathroom or did you just kind of keep a little more localized?
1: Well, the house itself is new. Okay. Um, so we didn't have to do too much remodeling. So that was just like a nice splurge, if you will.
0: Nice, yeah, and you know you're a big health and wellness guy. Uh, has that really changed how you look at things at on your fiftieth birthday?
1: Well, I've always made health a top priority, and I always try to encourage people to make it their top priority because if you don't have that, what good is anything else. you know, and now that I'm in the uh back nine of my uh, life, <laughs> um I think you should focus on that more than ever, and a big part of that is self care
0: yeah. Amen, man. Amen. And so it's one of those things that, you know, I saw that same episode and, you know, I've been in this industry for a long time. And I thought, wow, South Park did a great job of making almost the best commercial for these for these, uh, you know, beautiful bidet toilets because they made a big
1: deal out of it. And it even grabbed you in, which I think is absolutely hilarious. It did. The episode was funny, but it 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 subliminally just got me intrigued um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know if that's what they set out to do, but that's the true story of why I kind of got into it.
0: <laughs> nice. Has your, uh, family been up knocking on the door, trying to get you out of the bathroom now? Cause you know, we're guys, we tend to spend a little more time in the bathroom sometimes and go for a little solace from time to time.
1: Oh yeah. I just, I got three kids and two dogs, so I try to escape whenever I can. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the wife knows where to find me. And so do the kids for that matter.
0: (laughs) That is great. And I heard you've got a new game show coming out here too as
1: well, right? I do. I'm excited about that. It's called Blank Slate. It's premiering on GSN on January 9th. And it's fun. It's a little like matching game. You have partners and teammates and there's comics that are involved. And you try to do fill in the blank answers to popular questions. And if you match up with your teammate, whoever ends up with the most points wins. There's nothing better than giving people money. Um, so it's a, it's a fun gig and I love games.
0: Nice. Nice. That's going to be great. When's that coming out again?
1: January 9th on Perfect. the game show now.
0: Perfect, man. Well, thanks. Mario, thanks for taking the time today, man. And I really appreciate it. You guys are doing some great stuff. I mean, you're got to be one of the busiest working men in Hollywood.
1: Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah. I feel very blessed with the radio show on with Mario and iHeart and Access Daily and Access Hollywood, um, and, uh, the game show coming up, Blank Slate. Uh, excited about uh, all the other stuff we got going on with the holiday movie and stuff. So yeah, I feel very fortunate <clears throat> that we're as busy as we are. Yeah. And jeez, I saw you at the tree lighting. That looked beautiful. That looks stunning. That was a good time. Yeah. New York's always fun that time of year. A little cold, but uh, well worth it. Exactly. Hey brother, thanks for taking the time today. I really appreciate it. You got it. My pleasure. Nice talking to you. You too. All right. Take care.
0: You know, I do have to sit here and say that Mario Lopez is one of the kindest and nicest guys in Hollywood. And uh, boy, what a pleasure to sit down and talk with him. And you know something? I, I It's just so funny to me when you look at that episode of South Park where they were kind of, you know, maybe making fun of bidet toilets, but you know something? More people have connected with that episode. It's almost been, you know, the absolute. Best sales piece for a generation, which I think is absolutely hilarious. And I gotta thank Toto because, you know, Toto, if you are not familiar with them, you've gotta check them out. I have used them as my toilet of choice in my remodels that I've worked with with clients for the plat, you know, for the past 20 years. And that has been my go-to brand. I'm sorry, Kohler. I'm sorry, American Standard. By the way. Toto makes more toilets and has sold them for 20 years, more than American Standard Kohler combined. But if you want to have something that is nice, if you want to have something that is going to be reliable and something that is going to work well, Toto is the way to go. And you know, they have never paid me a cent to say that. But I tell you what, I wave their flag every single year. They make the best stuff in the marketplace out there. And I always say that if you're out there doing a rental, go don't, don't, don't go down to the home center and buy the $200 toilet there. Because you know something, the first time your renter flushes something down the toilet they weren't supposed to, guess what? You're calling the plumber out there at three o'clock in the morning. And you know something, if you spend a little bit more and get like a Toto Drake or something like that, you're going to be so much better off. So I, I wave the flag of Toto very very fondly because they have not done me wrong in 20 plus years and those guys have been wonderful to work with over the years now if you're looking at a bidet toilet seat i tell you what those guys whether you're looking at the uh, toto washlet or something even nicer that is the only way to fly and it's so funny because we did a segment here a number of years ago uh, probably four or five maybe six years ago i did where we had one of those uh, you know 99 dollars or 100 dollar bidet toilet seats that were off the internet and you know something it did exactly what it said it was going to do it's a hundred dollar toilet seat and unless you like using cold water and an uncomfortable cold seat that's probably for you but if you want something more refined toto is the way to go all right guys we got three more interviews don't go changing that dial we're just getting started around the house we'll be right back
2: Up. This is Sticks it in
0: And Satchel from Steel Panther. And you
1: are listening to Around the House with Eric G. Yeah. We love Eric G and you should too.
0: 1987, I never Welcome to Around again. the House show. This is where we talk everything about your home every single week. Thanks for joining us today. I don't know why this is the first time he's being on the show, but Matt Whitbeck. Went back Construction, welcome to Around the House, brother.
3: Thanks for having me, man. Really appreciate it.
0: This is great, man. I mean, you and I go way back from sharing stages to even watching you film those Lowe's commercial pieces, kind of, that were those education pieces with my buddy Ty.
3: Yeah, yeah. Has a good hookup. Ty's awesome. Got to come out and see you guys on the West Coast and do a little bit of touring out there. It was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, man. And then, geesh. Got to see you, your mug on the TV all this last year with uh, you being the official contractor for this old house project.
3: Yeah, we got to do season 43 uh, with this old house, Saratoga Springs, which uh, was was really neat because I grew up watching this old house, uh, you know, lived on the end of a dead on road in the middle of nowhere. And we had like the funky, (laughs) crazy giant antenna. So we had like four stations and one of them was PBS. and, And that was the jam, man. I loved it.
0: Dude, same. That's, I think I would not be doing what I'm doing without that show. And uh, I've awkwardly told Kevin and everybody else on that show the same thing because they're, you know, one, it's just real. It's just so real. And, you know, it's honest, which I love. What was the experience for you going through that, man? Let's dive into that because that's got to be some hoops to jump through to begin with.
3: Yeah, yeah. So a little bit of filming experience doing a little of this and that. I did do a couple of commercials and some... um you know, video work with a YouTube series with Lowe's called Building Science, which was really cool. So I had at least a little bit of experience with working on camera, um, but I didn't know what to expect because I'd seen some various things between doing like a, a simple, small YouTube show to doing some commercials. You see various things between audio and video. Um, I did work with one professional actor doing some commercials, which was really neat to later on turn on a television and see him on like an actual movie and i'm like holy cow i know that guy!" <laughs> um, so cool. i mean you don't quite know what to expect when you get into something that's supposed to be reality tv because you hear all kinds of crazy stuff about what's scripted what isn't and one of the um heads of the um film group when we were doing the low stuff you know he does a whole bunch of um reality tv stuff like one of the race car shows that's on mm-hmm. and um so he was giving me some of that stuff, you know, telling me about what happened. So I, I didn't know what to expect. And when I got into it, like you said, it's real. It, it's actually happening. We're building the house. They're coming in. It's a lot of, um, you know, the various professional members of their staff coming in to do interviews with all of our trade partners. And it's it was great. It was refreshing to find out that what I hoped and thought it might be was as authentic as it really was. Yeah, it's
0: funny. Growing up, I always thought the show was different, but now that I've, you know, been in the in this industry for about 30 years now, I start to think of it different. As it's not this old house building a house, they're coming on, for instance, to whip back
3: construction and almost reporting on the progress. Is that accurate? Yeah, that is pretty accurate. I mean, Tom Silva owns a contracting company with his brother. Mm-hmm. So they do a lot of contracting for this old house. So there is a bit of it where it's kind of like a lot of the members of this old house are working on a house. So they work on projects kind of exclusively, I shouldn't say exclusively, but a lot of the projects they work on are being filmed for this old house in some capacity, if it's ask or this old house, or, you know, even for like small clips, but um, when they come on, yeah, they're, they're kind of acting more in the reporting Aspect of things, so they come on and they're sort of interviewing people, and a lot of what they do, and I, I love this about what they do, is they're really trying to shed a good light on the professional contractors, what their their real day to day grind is, and the things that they're bringing to the table that are important or interesting, uh, that most people want to get that kind of behind the scenes view. If they didn't have that show of seeing how these contractors are putting things together, so they. They pay a really great homage to the everyday subcontractor and builder. You know,
0: that's great. And those guys just, you know, it's its interesting because, you know, they come on the show, they, they know the challenges. But for me, even with my experience, your experience, there's always something I get out of that show every time I watch it going, oh, that's interesting. We don't do it that way out here or whatever it is. Yeah. And that's the fun part with that
3: yeah it is it's and it's nice and those guys because they do all of those things and you know you and i have both worked with with guys like kevin ireton so Mm -hmm. you know kevin being the editor of Fine home building for decades they get to interview so many people. So they have just this amazing encyclopedia just full <laughs> of interesting tricks that we don't get to see when we're kind of ingrained in our own local color, you know? So yeah. that's one of the awesome parts about them touring around the country and just really trying to pay a great light on um, what's happening out there and what people are going through because we don't all do it the same way, but we're not all dealing with the same environment. You know, we're, we're building habitat for human beings but it's in different environments,
0: so. Absolutely, and uh, yeah, Kevin, jeez, what a, just a wealth of knowledge, and that's one of the things looking back, and I'm not really doing the stage much anymore just because this media thing's kind of been keeping me 100%, but uh, man, some of the stuff I learned by just watching and listening to everybody from their different perspectives, you know, with all the different people, whether it's you, whether it's Walt, whether it's Kevin, you know, that whole group, and many more, um, just such a great brain trust. And it's so fun, like you mentioned, because something that you do up there in, in Saratoga, New York, and something I do in Portland, Oregon, maybe we have the general idea. It's but so many times it's done a different way just because of climate, construction, or even materials that we're using that are different.
3: Yeah, yeah, things that we're just accustomed to, you know, like... You know, is it a jack or a trimmer? Great question. Right? <laughs> like what, are, what are we putting in there? You know, is it a wor- worm drive or direct drive? You know, like there's, there's certain things, guys. Just you move around the country, and that's just a staple thing. You know, it's it's like PBR, or Budweiser, or something. You know, people just have what they're used to, and that's the thing where you are, and everybody's just accustomed to it. But that doesn't necessarily mean that people aren't doing something that's super similar or using slightly different vernacular for what it is. Um, at the end of the day, I mean, we're, we're, not really reinventing much, you know, Building's been happening for so long. We're just trying to come up with creative ways to do it and kind of do it economically for people. Um, and that's, that's really what's important, I guess. Right. Yeah. And
0: you know, climate's part of it too. I mean, like you were talking about, I mean, for instance, my neighbor's got a, a, a big water line leak right now in front of his house it's running down my driveway and they're gonna be digging that up here soon but yeah I gotta put it at 18 inches underground here because of our climate yeah wouldn't be
3: doing that up in your area no I mean if you can see behind me here yeah, um, I, I see some out there. you know we <laughs> we got snow already and it's it's sticking it's not melting um but you know where I am it's kind of funny because uh a, a short commute away I, I drive like eight nine minutes down the mountain and there's no snow so yeah that's kind of the funny part about where we are you know not too much different from where you are in portland right you you drive up the mountain snow driving to portland you're in the bay and things are different
0: don't go anywhere around the house we'll be right back with my favorite interviews of 2023 this is Ron Keel, the metal cowboy from Keel, the Ron Keel Band and Steeler. We are rocking Around the House with Eric G. Welcome to the Around the House show. This is where we talk everything about your house every single week. Thanks for joining us. We got a special guest in the studio today, Nick Schiffer. Welcome to Around the House, man. What's up, man? Glad to be here. Appreciate it. Happy to have you. I have seen you on the different NHB stages and everything else. You and I like, like kind of cross paths between friends and stuff, but never have really spent time together.
4: Yeah, I I I as I dug into like who you are and how like what you do in the industry, I'm like, how have we not met? Right? It's it's it's, it's interesting, especially I feel like it's so even when you go to the the like IBS and things like that, I feel like I see the same people and right? it's and it's people that even live in Boston that I never see in Boston. But then I'll go to the a million square foot trade show and I'll bump into him six times.
0: It's, How does that work, right?
4: Yeah, I don't know. So,
0: yeah, we have a lot of common friends. It's hilarious. Well, man, you have been doing so much good stuff out there with NS Builders. And I mean, you're just legendary in the Boston scene across the U.S. as well. But let's talk about you and your chops a little bit, because uh, sure. you do a lot of the stuff that I love. I my, my background, kitchen designer for 30 years. So I did a lot of the interior modeling stuff, a lot of that kind of stuff that you've done on the, on the, on the remodeling side as well, that luxury home.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, you know, especially when we started growing as a business and outside of just being a carpenter or a carpentry business, that's where I I really kind of sat my, my role into kind of helping design. I'm not a designer. I'm not an architect. I don't, I don't have any licensing or training in it, but that's where I started really pushing the the, the level of Detail and how we executed particular things, um, and that's where you know a, a lot of my mind just kind of got encapsulated by how do we do this better? How do we how do we make this detail better or cooler? Uh, and and most of the time that works out for me. There's been a handful of times where I make something quote unquote cooler, and it becomes wildly expensive and a, a nightmare to maintain, and my guys hate me for it. But the you know the point is is I, I like to challenge the the normal way of uh, doing something. And constantly question, like, how do we do this better? What can we do to make this better? Well, and,
0: and you come from a part of the country where where the craft is big. You know, yeah. I mean, I've worked all over the country with, with different people like you have, you know, mm-hmm. and there's just something about the old world craftsmanship of the Northeast. And
4: you know, it's cool. It is. And I've, I guess part of me is a little bit naive to that where I just think it's normal. And then when I do travel to different parts of the country, people are like, yeah, you're so lucky, man. Like craftsmanship is like still a thing up there. I'm like, what do you mean? Like I'm walking a project here in California and this is pretty awesome. I'm like, yeah, man, but it's, it's just different. It's, you know, it's not put together the same way with the same type of people. They're just not, there's not that many of them, you know, in different parts of the country. And, you know, and I think about that when we talk about it on the, the, the modern craftsman, it's, you know, yeah. we, we, we ca- oftentimes talk about the Northeast and like our market. And even when we talk about money, it's, it's really difficult to understand that, you know, a lot of what we talk about doesn't relate to the majority of the population. It's tough. Yeah. And, and, and I, and I feel like we, we, we try to do a good job about, you know, calling that out and and being true to the fact that we don't know, you know, the entire market across the U S but yeah i mean i'm i i i do feel fortunate that we are in the northeast and there's a lot of people that love craftsmanship and i'm hoping that you know what we're doing with creating awareness on social and podcasts and things like that that we're you know encouraging people to get into it um because it you know i have a lot of thoughts on this but it's not a it's it's not a, an easy career to be in um no. and it's not something that is you know there there's this kind of, I don't know if we want to go down this path, but you know, there's Still this it. kind of over glorification of, Hey, you can be super wealthy in the trades. And I don't think that that's false, but I do think that there's too much focus on it in the sense that, you know, this isn't a career that you get into because you want to be uber wealthy. This is a career that you get into <laughs> because you are passionate about it. And can you make a good living on it? Of course. Can you support your family? Of course. But it's hard work no matter what. There's way
0: too much struggle here to be a get rich quick scheme. That's for sure.
4: And it's very hard work. It's very labor intensive. And there, there has to be that balance between, yes, I know I can be successful. I know I can make a good living and support my family, but at the expense of the fact that I truly love working with my hands and working with my body and, and, and doing laborious work. And I think that, you know, that just need there needs to be a bigger conversation around that because I think a lot of, you know, some people get into, you know, particular trades or, or careers because they think it's the fastest way to wealth. And, you know, that it just, it's not, that's not entirely true, especially in, in, in construction related fields.
0: Well, if you think about it, that's where that craft of craftsmanship comes in, right? It's right. a craft and mm-hmm. you have, you're always learning that craft You walk on and do something different. You're learning. I'm learning. There's always a learning process to this. You're never done learning in this craft.
4: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's one of the best parts. And that's what I love about it is, you know, everything we do, you know, like I said, I challenge it and, you know, we have material millwork now where, you know, I get to dig into the details with Ken and Ian and James in the shop and, and talk about, you know, how we make something cooler. You know, like, how do we? We're building this pantry right now. It's a big slat wall, and there's a pot, there was a pocket door detailed on it. I'm like, man, it would be really cool if when that door shut, it flushed out with the face of it. So when you step back, it didn't look like there was a door there. Nice. And sure enough, we sourced the hardware, tested it. It works, it looks dope. And it's, you know, and was it necessary? No, but it, it, we accomplished, accomplished something different that now when that end user, experiences it. And I think that's a, a key word is like the experience. They have a different experience. Yeah. And I, I want to go back and make
0: sure that I'm not ripping on here all the crass people that we sure. have across the U.S. that I'm just saying, oh, you're in Southern California. You're not that. I want to make sure and not leave that hanging for all you guys out there. But there just seems to be a, you know, in, in your area up there, just more of an appreciation of that and there are some great people all across the country oh 100% I, just
4: densely populated up here yeah yeah where it's it's very spread out there and you know i don't know i i it's it's something i struggle with you know just at, at trying to position myself as someone that wants to help the industry as a whole and be you know incredibly aware of all of these markets and and what type of people are in these trades and yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I'm not ripping on any part of the country or any any market or anyone that's in different parts that truly does love the craft. It's just that it's, you know, at least it's something that's communicated pretty often that the Northeast is densely packed with people that appreciate craft on both sides more than other areas. You know, it's funny. And I learned this a few years ago.
0: I was up in Boston speaking for the NR- NRLA up there for the Northeastern Retail mm. Lumber Association up there. I was talking home tech to a bunch of lumberyards that weren't ready to talk home tech yet, because mm. they're very old school. Yeah, and I appreciate that, but they weren't ready to consume that yet. So I've seen the other side of that too, where sometimes technology gets to be a little slower because that old world craftsmanship's the way to go.
4: Yeah, it's it, it's interesting, man. You know, I think. We, you know, it's when you talk about tech, right? And, and I think about software and and how things are developing so quickly. There's all of the, I mean, there's an enormous amount of people in the the tech space for construction right now, and there's everyone is is coming out with a new new idea to do something faster. And I see a lot of it. But a lot of them reach out to me. I have a friend of mine who's really in that space that constantly is getting my feedback on things. And I saw a product yesterday where it's, you know, designed to help, you know, commercial construction wall layout on big, you know, concrete slabs. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, love the idea. Watch the video. And it was like, first you do this and then this and then you do that. And then you, and then also it's like step 13. I'm like, dude, lost. This me. Is, Yeah. You lost me like this, this, this is just a different way of doing it. Like you were inter- trying to change the way we do something rather than make it more efficient.
0: Yeah, that, if you're gonna cut the steps by half, awesome. But if I sure. gotta go learn days of process to do the same thing, and that's and I think that's just like that
4: with craftsmanship. Around the house, i will be right back. Don't go anywhere.
0: show. This is where we help you get the most out of your home through information and education. Thanks for joining us today. Well, we got a special guest in the studio because, you know, there are so many people out there that are tackling larger projects and, of course, probably haven't done it before. And Corbin Clay really has this new program designed to help you out. Welcome to Around the House, my friend.
2: I appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
0: Let's talk a little bit about you, man, and your background because... You come from a fun background, and before we get into what you're doing, I think we need to tell your story a little bit.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I, uh, out of high school, went to a um, motorcycle mechanic school. Nice. Uh, coinc- coincidentally enough, and long story short, um, turns out I do not care why your turn signal doesn't work or <laughs> <laughs> or why that tire keeps going flat. Now, if you want to make it look better or go faster. Let's chat. So, turns out um, to do that, you know, professionally uh, at a manufacturer's level requires an engineering degree. So, um, flash to or cut to twenty-two-year-old Corbin. Kind (laughs) of a kind of a heart-to-heart with myself. Do I want to be? Because I didn't go to college, so it's like, okay, do I want to be a twenty-two-year-old freshman? Entry level of my career at probably 28, 29, mm-hmm. or I'd happen to have gotten a remodeling job to help pay for the community college I just enrolled in. Yep. Um, or do I want to maybe explore this woodworking thing? Because I really liked the kitchen and bath part of that specific remodeling job. So yep, made the decision to go full steam ahead with it. Um, Two weeks later, I joined an apprenticeship at a cabinet shop, a pretty high-end cabinet shop in Clearwater, Florida. Nice. And then, yeah, we're off to the races. So I did a two-year apprenticeship, then moved to Boulder, Colorado. And there, I ran a cabinet shop for a while. They kind of morphed into a a furniture shop. Mm -hmm. And then they had ultimately closed. Meanwhile, I was learning about... The four million acres of dead pine trees that are in the Colorado Rocky Mountains from the result of a beetle infestation. I don't know if you guys have any of them. I know California certainly does. Do you guys? Yeah, have we them still or? have them
0: here too. They just they're just sitting out there, ready to burn.
2: Exactly. So British Columbia has forty million of yeah. these dead pine trees. So anyway, um, you know, while I was working for this uh, this cabinet company, we would have customers often ask us, like, "Hey, why don't you guys do anything with this?" Pine, all these dead pine trees just sitting there. Why don't you guys do anything with it? And honestly, I didn't have a good answer for them. I thought, yeah. well, surely it's it's you know it's it's too soft, or it's um yeah the infestation. Got to be good reasons, right? Or, there has to be a reason why no one is doing anything about this. Um, so I reached out to the um, U.S. Forest Service and the the Forestry Department, at Colorado State University. Turns out there's a big outbreak back in the 80s of the exact same beetle, the exact same problem. It comes from the winters not being as cold. So the beetles don't die off every year. Well, there was just this confluence of it was kind of a perfect storm. You had warmer winters, then, couple that with basically no age diversity in the forest. When we moved west in the Industrial Revolution, we basically cut down like every tree in the forest. We did. So then, all of the trees are about the same age. Sure. So now all the trees are kind of old and and more um, susceptible to an infestation. So that's why it just gone crazy because the beetles are killing trees year round, and most yep. of the trees in the forest are uh, old and weak. So that's why I started my company was to create as many good things as we can from that: toothpicks, pencils, uh, cabinetry, nice. furniture whatever anybody wants to buy that we can make, let's see how much of a good situation we can get from a really bad situation. Um, I That company got much bigger than I ever planned on it, than it getting. Um, and uh, I'm very much a product customer facing uh, fellow. I'm not very interested in, in um, you know, Corporate operations and that type of stuff, but at scale, yeah, you need fun. all these things. Yeah, yeah. So, so in um, 2019, we decided. Well, actually, earlier we decided to sell the company, but in 2019, we sold that business. I then got into um, custom spec building,
3: okay.
2: um, some for ourselves, others, you know, to to sell. So then I got this awesome education over the course of three years with um, green building design, you know, performance building. Nice. Um, yeah, just I mean, just really nerding out on building science and how to do things properly and post cell, open cell, all that stuff. Um, there's a lot to know, that. Oh, there's so much to it. And the thing is, is you move, you move this one, and then three things over here move. Oh, and then yeah, you make it's this a chess game. Yeah, and it's you know we get asked a lot of way home. For example, it's like, should I use spray foam? And it's like, well, we need to. Well, I mean, hold on now. Like, is your yeah. crawl space is your crawl space sealed? because if your crawl space isn't sealed, putting spray foam on the roof probably isn't going to do that much. No. But now if your entire house is is fairly airtight, then yes, get that spray foam up there because that'll air seal as well. You know, so there's just there's so many variables. To so yeah, to your point, it's just like there are very few there are very few just one size fits all answers. <laughs> and you know no matter what research you do, unless you have all the information, like that phrase, you don't know what you don't know, is really, really applicable to, to home building and furniture and the trades and finishes. Yeah. So it's
0: building science. So, I mean, this is something that's evolving. What right. you learned 10 years ago doesn't relate to today.
2: Right. Yeah, the notion that houses need to breathe. Like we want leaky windows and leaky roofs because we're we're breathing in air from the crawl space, the vented crawl space, and then we're exhaling through. It's like no. How about we don't do that? How about we? How about we not um, breathe in the filthy air from the crawl space, the unsealed vented crawl space? Like why don't we put an oh, ERV yeah. in or an HRV? Wouldn't that be Wouldn't that be better?
0: <laughs> and you know, the, I think one of the biggest problems in that whole space of high performance homes is that you have. I'm going to make a number up. You have 20 big companies out there that are making parts and pieces of the puzzle, but they, have, they don't work together to see how they can all work together. If you're taking on a project, and I've learned this with the projects I'm doing, where I got to call five companies, I know mm-hmm. it's going to take me 10 times as long because I have to read through the, the fine print to see where the problems are just to get those five companies to play well together. And they mean to play well together, but the instructions don't overlap.
2: Right, right. So, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you take that, you take all the confusion, you take a lot of bad information, you take um, every builder in the country approaching it differently, Mm -hmm. um, for better or for worse. Yeah. Basically no standardization in the industry um the code only goes so far the code is effectively there for safety it doesn't necessarily apply the crown molding is not in the code um cabinet door adjustment isn't in the code cabinet door finishes isn't in the code you know on you and i the, on could go room.
0: install a kitchen that was <laughs> one inch out of level including the uppers and they'd sign off on it even mm-hmm. though everything's going to be sliding around in those cabinets because it's out of level it's not covered
2: just don't keep your marble collection in that cabinet, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Round put in the drawer. But,
2: yeah, it's fine. But um, but yeah, so there's that frustration <laughs> coupled with throughout my entire career, you know, in the trades, I would have friends and family often reach out. And they would just sort of had a, you know, bathroom remodeled or kitchen countertops put in or whatever. And they would just say, you know, they hey, can we FaceTime you real quick? Like, yeah, of course. What's up? And they go, well, here, look, we just got this. You know, figured marble countertops. I was pretty veining and the seam is right there. Like, is that normal? And then it's, you know, it's all, it's all chewed up and it's got, you know, a gallon of putty in it. And I go, well, did you, did you see a rendering? You know, where they did
4: the. Yeah.
2: Yeah. They took your exact slab and they mocked it up. Yeah. We saw it. Okay. Is that what it looks like? No. Then you hundred percent have a case that is not Right. I'd find a picture online, like this is what a scene should look like done properly and you know, whatever, a quartz countertop or whatever. So like, here's what you need to say to get that person to come back. Hopefully we've withheld money. Yeah, we've got 40% left. Great. That's your leverage. And I just kind of coach them up and give them a bunch of good, like visual assets for lack of a better word, videos or photos. And then say, let me know how it goes. And it's just always bothered me. Like, what do people... The millions of people that have their countertops installed incorrectly or have someone botch their floors or go into a new build or a remodel just with this feeling of anxiety yeah. and, and uh, apprehension because... No one's really just looking out for them.
0: Thanks for tuning in to Around the House show today. If you want more information about us, head over to aroundthehouseonline.com. We'll be back next week with an all brand new episode. Happy holidays, and thanks for tuning in to Around the House. Enjoy the Christmas time. Somewhere
2: unseen and undiscovered Anywhere beyond the mean Life is a love
1: song, let's be lovers well,
3: the radio Take my I go the
0: radio with you Hey, it's Eric G. from Around the House. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand-molded from the finest oak,